Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 109-120 to loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. In a very un-Hawks-like game, the Hawks get dominated on the glass and also lose the battle of the benches. Without further ado, let's get into it. All good things must come to an end. The Hawks uh, lost their three-game winning streak. They lost their seven-game winning streak against Eastern Conference opponents. And they also lost the streak of being undefeated while wearing the MLK jerseys and being on that beautiful court. Um, This was a game that could go a long way in deciding the ultimate standings in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the Bucs are in third place. And after this game, they are 35-20 and on the season. And the Hawks moved to 30 and 26 on the season and are in fourth place. Um, so if the Hawks were going to try to make a move and to get that third seed, it really needed to start with a win against the Bucks. Um, the Hawks can continue to have a huge list of injured players. They did not have Danilo Gallinari, Tony Snell, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, or Chris Dunn. The Bucks got... Giannis Antetokounmpo back, but they did not have Dante DiVincenzo, and so they started Brent Forms instead of DiVincenzo, and early in this game, it looked like the Hawks were kind of getting strong performance from Solomon Hill, and were able to hang in there, especially in the first quarter. At the end of one, it was 33-29, to um, and it looked like the Hawks were hanging around, but the second quarter would not go the same way. Uh, the Hawks' second unit did not play particularly well in this game. They would ultimately be outscored. 16 to 44 uh, on ben- the bench units. And that really showed itself in the second quarter where the Hawks were outscored 31 to 23 and went at halftime uh, down 12, 52 to 64. And it could have been a lot worse, except Solomon Hill hit two threes kind of right at the end of the first half to keep the Hawks in it. Now the Hawks would come out in the third period, third quarter, and they immediately go on a run and kind of cut the lead down from 12 um, to even get get a lead ultimately in the third quarter. They got a one-point lead on a Bogdan Bogdanovich three. Um, Bogdan, again, just continues to shoot the ball, lights out. He's been incredible in the starting lineup, and this was an interesting matchup just because in this past offseason, it seemed like the Bucks were going to be able to get Bogdan to add to their lineup, and ultimately that trade fell through, and Bogdan found his way to the Hawks. But... The Hawks took their only lead of the game. They got a one-point lead on that Bogdan three, and then the Bucks came down and immediately hit a three themselves and took the lead and would go on a 21-6 run to end the quarter um, and really blow the game open and keep the Hawks at arm's length. Kind of from that point on, um, the Bucks held the Hawks to about a 10-point lead. That, that lead would go from 10 to 20. 10 to 18, you know, it'd be in double digits, but the Hawks were able to work themselves back. And this was an eight point game with uh, about two minutes to go left in the fourth quarter. Um, and again, just any time that the Hawks got close, it felt like the Bucks had the right answer. And on a really crucial possession in those last two minutes, the Bucks missed a shot, but the Hawks were unable to secure the rebound. The Bucks missed another shot, and then Bobby Portis got another rebound, and then finally the Bucks hit a hit a shot, and that was kind of the dagger of the game, um, and ultimately would you know make this a 
13, 14 point game um, with under a minute to go and really put the nail in the coffin for the Hawks. But the Hawks didn't ever give up in this game. There was a, there was multiple times when um, the Hawks could have really hung their heads. Again, they would get within, in the first half of this game, it felt like the Hawks would get within four or six points, um, maybe cut the lead to one, and then the Bucks would just come down and hit a three-pointer. Um, or the Hawks would have a really nice possession. There was a few times right at the basket that, that shots for the Hawks just didn't fall. And at the other end, the Bucks would get an and one. The Bucks got some really nice performances from Brooks Lopez and uh, Drew Holiday. And then off the bench, they got nice performances from Bobby Portis, Pat Connington, and then uh, former Hawk Jeff Teague um, all chipped in. But uh, again, it just felt like as kind of early in the season, the Hawks would like get themselves in holes and then have to work really hard to get back. This was like a little bit of a throwback game where the Hawks just couldn't get into the the rhythm and couldn't break over and take a lead at any point. And they finally did. It felt like, okay, the Hawks have a little momentum and um, got to give the Bucks a lot of credit that they really just um, didn't hesitate at all, got the lead right back and then pushed the lead up. But uh, I, I will give the Hawks credit. They never like conceded or hung their heads or let this get the game turn into a blowout, um, even you know more so than it could have been. And uh, but the Bucks really had control of this game kind of the whole way. The big performance, or like the big guns for the Bucks, were of course Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was coming back after six games of not playing. He only played 25 minutes. He was pretty clearly on a minutes restriction. He had 15 points, five rebounds, two assists. Um, and I thought Solomon Hill did as good a job as you could ask for uh, on defense on Giannis. Um, Giannis was able to get to the basket. He was able to get his points. But Solo did a nice job of making him work for those points. And then Solomon chipped in with six threes. He had 18 points, five rebounds, an assist, and a block. And he was shooting the ball and really keeping the Hawks in it. Him and Bogdan Bogdanovich did a massive job of keeping the Hawks in it. And the Hawks did a nice job shooting the three. They were 14 of 34, 41%. And I think they could have even shot a few more threes. Um, the Hawks didn't get a vintage performance from Trey Young. Um, but Solomon Hill being matched up straight on with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo held up as best he could. Now, this was a game that really... I think would have changed or I would love to see in the future later this season if we're able to get John Collins and DeAndre Hunter back. I think the Hawks being able to play John Collins next to Clint Capella would offer them some flexibility because the Bucks are one of the few teams that have a big man in Brooks Lopez who will go out and is very comfortable shooting threes. Brook was, had 19 points. He was 3 of 6 on his three-pointers. Um, had 12 rebounds, three of them offensive. And if the Hawks are able to either switch John onto Brooke Lopez and let Clint Capella follow Giannis around, Giannis did make one three-pointer, but most of Giannis' points comes in the paint, um, or put John on Giannis and continue to let Clint Capella on uh, Brooke Lopez, I think those matchups are a little better than Solomon Hill. But again, can't complain about uh, Solomon Hill's performance. Um, Drew Holiday had a solid game. The guard who came over in the Pelicans trade in the offseason had 23 points, 7 assists, and 4 rebounds. And I thought the Bucks also had a pretty clear game plan early on of trying to get Trey Young onto their ball handlers and having their guys go right 
at Trey Young. Trey was not effective in the first half. He had zero points, um, and it's clearly not 100%. His floater wasn't falling. The Hawks really weren't able to punish the drop coverage of the Bucks in that regard, but Drew Holiday was part of the gr- the guards that would really punish Trey in trying to get into the basket, and there was a few times where Holiday was able to get into mid-range and be part of that um, consistent book uh, Bucks offense that was able to uh, maintain a cushion anytime the Hawks made a little bit of a push. This bench unit for the Bucks was really good. Bobby Portis Jr. or Bobby Portis, excuse me, just he can get to the boards, he can hit threes, and he can um, just be he's very efficient offensively. And he did that to the tune of 11 points, seven rebounds, two of them offensive. Pat Connington, big three point shooter, had 14 points, eight rebounds, one of them offensive. And then Jeff Teague had 11 points, two rebounds, and five assists. And again, the, I thought one thing that was very smart of the Bucks is they got a couple of easy baskets where Giannis just got behind the defense after the Hawks missed a basket. Um, or Chris Middleton or Pat Connington was able to get behind, and the Bucks were lose, looking to run the ball off of uh, defensive rebounds. Um, another area where that was very uh, clear, too, is off of turnovers. The Bucks absolutely dominated the Hawks. The Hawks had 11 turnovers um, compared to the Milwaukee's nine, but the Milwaukee Bucks were able to turn those 11 turnovers into a ton of easy points that really did not help the Hawks or give the Hawks a chance to get back into this game. The performances from the Hawks that I'd like to highlight, definitely Bogdan Bogdanovich. He continues to shoot the ball just scorching hot. He was 10 of 20, 6 of 12 from three. 2 of 2 from the free throw line for 28 points. He had 6 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Um, he just continues his torrid pace. Um, I, I I really can't say much of anything else about Bogdan that hasn't been said. He likes to get to the basket. He's pretty solid on defense. One play that stood out to me was one where the Hawks got into transition. It was during this run at the beginning of the third quarter where the Hawks made a push to really make this a game after it looked like the, the uh, Bucks might make it um, a non-game early on, and the I think Kevin Herter threw a pass, and Drew Holiday came up and actually tipped the ball and sort of was going to steal it, and Bogdan was able to not only control the pass, re-establish himself, he then drained a three that continued the little Hawks run that ultimately gave him their only lead of the night. Trey had a tough game. Um, again, all of the starters played over 34 minutes, uh, Nate McMillan really rode his starters because the bench was just not contributing in a winning fashion. But Trey was 3 of 17, didn't make any threes, was 9 of 9 from the free throw line. He was able to get there for 15 points. He had two rebounds, nine assists, and then the big thing, six turnovers. I don't, it's clear that Trey wasn't 100%. And what was really frustrating is part of, you know, not only did the Bucks have some good defense for sure. There was a couple times where I thought Trey was taking it upon himself for to like help the Hawks break through and help the Hawks get the lead. And instead of just kind of taking what the defense was giving the Hawks in general, he was trying to make some really tough passes. And the Bucks' length, I think, bothered him a little bit. But uh, definitely not Trey's best game and definitely not uh, 100% Trey. I thought he did a good job in the second half getting on the board. Again, he didn't score at all in the first half, so for him to get to 15 points was pretty good. But uh, we're going to need to see better Trey if the Hawks want to have a chance to beat teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. Solomon Hill, we talked about his 18 points. 
Um, Kevin Herter, I thought, played really well. And he was 7-11 from the field, had 2-4 of four from his three-point land for 16 points. Even the shots he missed, he was being aggressive and going to the basket. And that's really what you want to see from Red Velvet is him being aggressive. And have if he's able to be that aggressive on offense, hopefully that can start to translate to defense a little bit. Um, but he had six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. And then finally, Clint Capella, 7 of 10, 2 of 4 from the free throw line, which is good to see for 16 points. He had 16 boards, six of them offensive, a steal, and two blocks. Um, you know, Clint Capella just is a walking double-double. Uh, and again, I would have liked to be able to see either DeAndre Hunter or John Collins next to Clint Capella because it kind of felt like Capella was the only person kind of really there on defense. Um, the bench for the Hawks just really didn't have it. Tonight, Lou Williams played 23 minutes, had six points. Um, Okongwu played pretty well, actually. He was 4-4 four four from the field for eight points, two rebounds and a block. Um, but he only played nine minutes. Uh, Nathan Knight has not had that same energy that he had to start the season. He only had two points off the bench. And then Goodwin uh, had 10 minutes. He had one rebound and one assist. So just kind of a really tough, tough night for the Hawks. Um they looked tired at the end of the game. Again, the starters played a ton of minutes, and it was uh, just they they never were able to really make that punch. You know, they got that they were able to come able to come from double digits all the way back and get that lead in the third quarter. And instead of that kind of being getting over the hump and being able to kind of let things flow from there, they kind of reverted and never really got going after that. Um, Nate McMillan said after the game he never thought that the Hawks really got established and he kind of thought that the physicality of the Bucks kind of bothered the Hawks a little bit. Um, and Solomon Hill talked about how this is a team in the Bucks that is has high aspirations, that is a championship contending team, and the Hawks really didn't match the Bucks' intensity in this game. And um, I thought, you know, Solomon Hill played extremely well and actually – I was really impressed by the Hawks team. They never gave up. They brought this game back and had a chance to make it real interesting with under two minutes to go. But it's really tough for a young team to, you know, get all the way back. You, you want to do your work early and not have to come all the way back at the end of the game. Um, but it is nice that the Hawks have two days off before their next game and they're able to, you know, this is one of the few times they have that, that, two game break or two day break before the game. And, um, so hopefully they'll be able to get a day of rest we'll get some new updates on the injured players, see if they're going to get any, uh, reinforcements coming forward, but tough loss for the Hawks. Again, it snapped some pretty tough streaks. Uh, I thought that the jerseys looked great again, and that floor looks wonderful. So, um, all the Hawks can do is come back and start a, a new streak in the next game. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.